Hey, Sam. Hey, Bev. What you drinking? Oh, I'm uh, drinking a beer that I found at a little tiny gas station in Van Wert, Ohio. Oh. Um, it's a brew dog, Pina Playa, and it's oh. a Pina Colada Goza with natural flavors. What kind of gas station were you at? That's fancy. I know, right? They have like one little cooler and it's stuffed to the brim with craft beer. So every time we go visit Jared's parents, we go raid it because we always find something kind of cool. And I saw this uh, Pina Playa and I was like, yeah, I know it's supposed to be pumpkin beer season, but like, I'm sorry, who can pass up a Pina Colada like inspired beer? And I know that you said we weren't going to talk about the weather, but you did say it's like 80, so you need a pina colada. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> and that's all we'll say about the weather. Yeah. I'm also going to state that it's 51 up here right now, so WTF, because we're not that far apart. <laughs> no, we're really not. And I was a, I drove back from Jared's parents just a couple hours ago, and it was hot there too. And that's only two hours south of you, two and a half hours south of you. That so so weird. Okay, but we're done talking about the weather now. So Well, I am a little sad, though, that we were so close and I didn't make it up to go see you. So I'm sorry for that. I mean, I'm totally not ready for gas anyways. So <laughs> actually, though, my house is very clean right now because we had my stepdaughter's birthday party yesterday. So you could have, like, at least thought that, you know, my house was clean. So, yeah, it's that clean all the time. There we go. No, it's not. <laughs> So what are you drinking? So I decided just to go pretty simple, and I'm having a Jack and Ginger. So just Jack Daniels and ginger ale, because I normally don't have Verner's in my house, but my mom drinks Verner's, so I had it for her yesterday, and she didn't even open it. Um, And usually I only drink Diet Pop, but for, you know, Jack and Ginger, I can make an exception. Yeah, I, just I totally a, agree with that. A little bit of sugar before I get back on the low carb bandwagon tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that wagon! Oh, There's that something about that seat; wagon. it's really hard to sit on. So yeah, you're falling off of it a lot. Yeah, but at least there's cheese That's on that true. wagon. That's a good cheese. point. Mm-hmm. I would ride that wagon. <laughs> Although I don't know, there's not donuts on that wagon, are there? No, there is not. There oh. are no donuts. Well, Although there are recipes for keto donuts, but I'm pretty sure like Krispy Kreme cannot be replicated even in keto form. So, yeah, I would totally agree with that. Yeah. Well, welcome listeners to We Drink and We Farm Things. Yeah, it's a podcast where uh, we drink and we talk about farming things and we go off on tangents like about the weather or keto or something because we really like tangents. <laughs> <laughs> We should just call this podcast, like, I don't know, Tangent Epicenter. (laughs) We drink and we go on tangents and there's some farming sprinkled in it, but that's like a really long title, so I don't think it's going to work. And it's not nearly as catchy, if you ask me. No. No. So we'll just, we'll keep it simple. There we go. Well, and and normally uh, we BS before the episode so that we can stick the BS up on the Patreon, Um, but this week we did something different. We decided to record one of those mini-sodes we've been promising you guys. So, no BS this week, just a mini-sode, but if you haven't been listening to the BS, you can catch up to it on the Patreon, and there will be a link to the Patreon in the show notes. Yes, and that is free to everyone, but just to warn you, 
Sam has dropped the F-bomb over there. So if you have small children, um, this podcast in general isn't appropriate for children, but the BS is really not appropriate for small children. So keep that in mind uh, while you listen to us. (laughs) That's totally true. Um, And also, speaking of the Patreon, our drinks this episode were sponsored by my childhood friend, Jessica Hawkins. So cheers, Jessica. Thank you. Yes, and you can find her over on the Instagram at It's Just the Hot Mess, which just makes me feel like I would like her in real life, too. Yeah, you would totally like her in real life. Next time she's back in the States, I'll make sure that we can, like, connect with her. Oh, yeah, that would be fun. Yeah, because she tends to travel the country when she's back because her husband's in the military. So uh, it depends on where they get stationed when they come back. Hopefully it's somewhere nearby. Although she's over there cringing like, no, I don't want to get stationed to the Midwest. Bev, what are you trying to do to me? (laughs) (laughs) She's like, so boring. But then she could have chickens unless she has to live like on a base or something. Then she probably can't. But Um, I know that she wants to have alpacas. Ooh, good choice. Yep. Mm -hmm. I told her I would use the uh, alpaca fiber to uh, spin it into some yarn. So... See, that's such a good friendship. You got she's like the yang to your yang. That's true. That's probably why we've been friends since we were like four. Yeah. That's pretty serious. It's our thirty year friend anniversary this year. Aww. So Happy how appropriate <laughs> with the thirtieth episode of We Drink and We Farm Things. Oh my goodness. That was totally an accident. I've had lots of happy accidents lately, so Well that's good because you had some bad accidents a few months ago. So <laughs> good point. <laughs> I think your karma's like turning around and you're having some good things now. <laughs> right. It was rough there for a while for you. <laughs> It's getting better. We're getting back on the on the smoothness wagon. <laughs> That's good. And then now my life is chaos. So we're just taking turns. <laughs> That's why there's two people for a podcast that yeah. helps. Yeah. Again, it's that whole balance thing. <laughs> right. So what else do we need to remind our lovely listeners of this month? Or this well, episode. <laughs> um, if you are a Patreon um, subscriber at the swag level, Sam will be making your gifts and sending them out sometime this month. Um, give her a little time, though. She's kind of going crazy at work right now. Um, but mm-hmm. I'll have the list to her by the time this episode drops. And then hopefully she'll get them out in a week or two. Oh, um, yeah. But you guys will be getting a surprise. So yay. And thank you for supporting our podcast. Yeah. And that'll be a great excuse for me to do something kind of fun um, because I do like making stuff for for you guys. It, it warms my heart that you guys, um, you know, support us on Patreon because you don't have to. Um, so it's really sweet and it's fun. So thanks, guys. That's right. And thanks to you guys. Um, the You'll notice that the noises are different for our sponsors. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there's that. Yeah, that's because of you guys. <laughs> yeah, that's all because of Patreon. Um, yeah. We don't have a theme song yet, um, but they are working on it, and we have bounced some ideas around already. So um, we'll be getting that soon. Maybe I don't want to. I don't want to promise any timelines. I have no idea, but it's being worked on, so I can promise you that much. That's a big deal. <laughs> yeah, that is a big deal. And you know, like it takes time to compose music and like come up with stuff. So, so we're be- we're going to be patient with them. And it's some friends that are making it, which is going to make mm. it even extra special. That's so cool. I can't wait to hear it. And don't forget to join our Facebook group. Yes. Uh, if you search "We Drink and We Farm Things" over on Facebook, it should pop right up. You'll see our page and our group. 
Um, but definitely join the group. You'll have to answer a couple of questions. So we make sure you're not a robot. Um, and that you have good intentions. So there's that, but we have a lot of fun in there. Um, it's really been cool the past week to see people posting pictures and asking questions. Um, because that's exactly what we want. We don't want it to be the Bev and Sam show in there. We want you guys to feel empowered to post things and get feedback from each other, not just from me and Bev. So Good job, guys, that are in there. And if you're not, go check it out. Yeah, and um, we also need you to take our survey. Um, we've been getting some sponsors. Sp- sponsor, I swear it's my first beer. <laughs> <laughs> Lies. <laughs> That's right. We did a mini so This is beer number two. Woo! Um, we've been getting some sponsorship opportunities, and um, that survey helps us out with it. It's totally anonymous. You get to give us some feedback on the podcast. So please use this opportunity to give us some real anonymous feedback that can make this podcast only better. Um, and help us get more sponsors. There will be a link to the survey in the show notes. So go click on that and take it. We will be forever in your debt if you do it. I mean, yes. I can't promise what we're going to do. Um, we'll continue making this podcast. That's a good promise. Yeah. No, I think that's fantastic promise. <laughs> there we go. If you take it, we'll continue taking. We'll continue making this podcast. So there you go. Go do it. Ooh, I just like slurped. I hope that didn't. Sorry, guys. <laughs> And review us in all the places. Yes. Yes, please review us. It's been since like August since we've been reviewed over on Apple Podcasts. And that really helps us out too because it it boosts us a little bit, raises some visibility, which means that we can bring you more content if, you know, we're out there and people are seeing uh, our little logo and checking us out. So please go do that. Yeah, and uh, I don't know, Sam, did you go review any of the podcasts that you listened to for good podcast karma? I did. Oh, I did I too. Like Woo-hoo. three. High five. I, I did that also. <laughs> um, I'm not going to lie. It was definitely when I was going to the bathroom and I was bored and I had my phone out <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, I said I was going to do this, which that was probably all TMI for everybody, but. Okay, don't well, pretend like you don't look at your phone while you're on the toilet. So, well, but you know what? You know. That's good advice. So if they're thinking to themselves, they don't have time to review our podcast. Well, now you just gave them some time. So excuse is gone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> but this is the exciting part. Housekeeping Corner is over. So now it's time for Farming Corner. No, nah, this is just yeah. the whole episode. It's not really yeah. Farming Corner. We don't have to correct ourselves or follow up with anything this week. We were just that good. Well, it's just that I don't have anything yet. So yeah. we can always correct we'll ourselves later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. We're just like diving into all the things on this episode. Yes. Hey, Sam, is it that time of the month for you too? Um, Bev, I don't know that we should talk about that on the podcast. Uh, what what time of the month are you talking about? I, I'm talking about when we get our Henny and Rue boxes. Oh, okay. Yeah. No. Um, Yeah. You mean the the monthly surprise box for chickens and the people that love them? Yes. Oh, okay, okay. Now that we're on the same page, yes. I I love that time of the month. It's great. (laughs) It's so exciting to get useful things like for my flock and extra surprises for myself. Yes, and I love that we get to offer our listeners 10% off their first box when they use the code DRINKANDFARM at checkout. And you can also save 10% off the whole store when you become a subscriber, kind of like a VIP. So go sign up, hennyandrue.com. 
All right. So I guess we can get to the nitty gritty, which is kind of an appropriate little catchphrase for what you've been dealing with over on your farm. <laughs> That's right. We have a bumblefoot for the first time. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to make a woo noise and I was going to say that's so inappropriate, but you made the right noise. So, <laughs> Yeah, that's definitely not a woohoo because it is a pain in the butt. Well, pain in the foot for the chicken, I guess, but it's not fun to deal with. Yeah, no, it's not. Um, so bumblefoot is the term used to describe an infection that develops on a chicken's foot. And it is clinically referred to as plantar podotermitis. There we go. Dermatitis is like a skin thing. That's the only reason I knew that because, you know, they have like the psoriasis or eczema commercials. And and podo means foot. Oh, well, shoot. That makes sense. Good job, (laughs) medical professionals. (laughs) Oh, my God. We're so smart. Together, we are so smart. (laughs) That's why we're a team. Yes. And uh, bumblefoot happens when the skin of the foot gets compromised in some way. Normally, like, there's a cut or it's been really wet, so the Mm -hmm. skin on the foot gets really soft. Or even if they have, like, scaly leg mites and it's opening up the scales on their feet, um, that can allow infection to get in because that compromises the foot as well. Um, And the broken skin allows a bacteria to get inside the foot and it's specifically a staph bacteria um i'm not even going to try to pronounce this word either staphylococcus um let's see staphylococcus no i think you're pretty close okay Yeah. yeah it's basically a staph infection is what the chicken gets in their foot so it's a pretty serious infection it's definitely not a laughing matter no so when you find bumblefoot on your chicken's feet or on a foot, um, it is unfortunately something that you've got to kind of get on right away. Right. And if, you know, I'm kind of jumping ahead here, but I'll just throw it out there. If you are going to try to go the surgical route or take that scab off, you want to be wearing gloves or be ready to wash your hands immediately. Um, You want to make sure you don't have any cuts on your hands if you're going gloveless because you can get the same, you can get a staph infection, obviously. So you want to be very careful handling that. Yeah, it's absolutely something that's spreadable to humans. Yes. And it's, you know, it seems kind of easier to want to use your nails if you're trying to get that scab off, but you, you need to wear gloves. So I will throw that out there. <laughs> See, and I'm the worst. I removed it with my fingernails and I didn't wear gloves because I needed my nail to like pop it off. But I yep. washed and disinfect my hands right away. And I actually I disinfected her whole feet and all of the surfaces before we even started as well. Um, but we'll get into the story of how I did that in just a minute, because the first thing that I wanted to address about Bumblefoot is one of the things that was a little disheartening while I was doing research on it is I I sort of feel like the blogs have sort of turned into an echo chamber of each other. Like mm-hmm. the number one thing that I was reading was that um was that it's rare and <laughs> that um you are you have an issue if your flock gets it and there are all of these things that you can do to prevent it. But like I'm sorry Short of putting boots on my chicken, there's not really a whole lot that we could have done necessarily to prevent it. If you have that staph bacteria living in your soil, you're going to end up with chickens that have bumblefoot eventually because chickens walk. 
and they get cuts and and they get scrapes and exactly and chickens do whatever the hell they want so they'll get into things that if they free range at all they're gonna get into things you know we have like gravel in spots we have cement here like they're jumping off and down off of stuff they're jumping into trees like okay are your chickens really that well mannered and prissy that they don't you know it's like the same chickens that probably don't pick up dead frogs and parade them around the yard like (laughs) or chickens that don't like maggots (laughs) yeah exactly like our chickens are just you know when when they have time to free range they're gonna get into stuff there's nothing you can do to fully control everything you're doing other like like you said in the notes here other than helicopter chicken mothering um it's not gonna happen especially if you have a flock of like over four because you can't keep tabs on them 24 7. Well you know and one of the number one things that was pointed out as a cause of it was a dirty coop um but I mean I just I don't see that as really being Uh -uh. the reason why your chicken ends up with bumblefoot I mean as soon as I change the straw in my chicken's coop they poop in it so the coop ends up kind of always having some semblance of chicken shit in it so short of cleaning it every day or, you know, at least taking all of the poop out. I just don't see any way to keep the coop that clean. This is just like real chicken talk here. Yeah. And it takes like two seconds for them to scrape their foot on something random and then step in their poop. That's all it takes. Like, it, it you can't prevent them from stepping in something they shouldn't step in. Well, and, you know, that said, there is one change that we did end up making in our coop because I have this chicken that has bumblefoot and it's a very Mm -hmm. specific chicken that ended up with the bumblefoot. I don't know if you remember that video that I posted on Instagram of the chicken that flies off the top rafters and then hits the wall every day. That's the chicken that got bumblefoot. So (laughs) of course she climbs. Well, she climbs. She flies all the way up to the top rafter, roosts up there, and then she jumps down every morning. I think that that impact on her feet um, ended up causing some sort of abrasion or some Mm -hmm. sort of cut or maybe just compromise the foot pad in some way because both of her feet have bumblefoot on them. One of them has the kernel. The other one is just really red and swollen. So right now Mm -hmm. I'm just treating it with draw salve. Um, but we took that roost away. It turned out that that wasn't even nailed down inside the ceiling of the coop. It was just like balanced up there. Yeah. My husband walked right in and pushed the board up and then turned sideways and it came right out. Oh, so he walked it out and he's like, all right, problem solved. I'm like, well, geez, (laughs) she's probably so disappointed when you did that though. (laughs) She was so angry at me when I went to go do the count that night. She was sitting in the area where she normally goes to fly up to it. And she was giving me the evil eye. I am the meanest chicken mom ever because not only have I been wrapping both of her feet like a boxer, but she's been getting way more attention than she cares for. Cause she's one of the Easter egger chickens or well, I guess she's my only Easter egger chicken now. Oh. Um, cause Carol Pacey was the other one and she has yeah. died. Rest in peace, Carol Pacey. Yes. Um, but yeah, and Easter eggers aren't super keen on, or at least my Easter eggers aren't super keen on affection. They're sort of like the wildest of the chickens that I have, or at least they're the most squirrely personality Roy's. (laughs) Oh, for sure. Yeah. Our Easter eggers are a little, well, our Easter egger, Lavender Orpington mix, she's just a sweetie, but the 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 Easter egger, yeah, yeah, but the Easter egger, Lavender Orpington roosters all have been crazy. (laughs) So I like her. I named her Bellatrix. Oh, so, nice. Yeah. Because I, I originally named Snape Bellatrix, but yeah. Snape went to chicken heaven. We called him because he was oh. so rude. So, yeah. 
I'm sorry to hear that. I really liked Snape. Yeah, he was a real asshole, though, so he had it coming. And that's that's just the attitude I take towards, you know, roosters in general now is, like, you if you behave yourself and you're nice to the ladies, you know, because obviously they're a little awkward for a while and they're a little rough with the ladies. But if they calm down, then they can stay. But... Anyways, that's just a side tangent. Remember when we said we like to go on tangents? Well, at oh, least this was a go. farming tangent. I mean, yeah. come on. We get brownie points for that. Yeah, we should. <laughs> Ooh, brownies. <laughs> well, anyways. Yeah. So if you're, looking, <laughs> if you're looking for Bumblefoot in your chickens, um, Bumblefoot is characterized by some sort of swelling on the foot. Um, it can show off show it can show up on the bottom of the foot or like in between the toes or like mm-hmm. even sometimes on the top of the toes and their foot will feel hot um, because they'll have an infection so there'll be like a little bit of a fever going on in there um, sometimes and I feel like I want to say most of the time by the time it's caught there's a big black scab in the middle of it and that's how you know where the kernel of the infection is going to be at. Um, Bumblefoot caught early is just the red and the swelling um, but once the infection really sets in it's got the scab on it and normally you find it because your chicken started limping which means that they've had it for a while. So unless you do a, like a foot check on your chicken super often, you're probably not going to just see the red and the swelling. You're more likely to see the the black scab. Yep, exactly. And we've had chickens have it on the bottom of their foot. And then um, we had one that had it kind of on the top too. And it almost looked like a boil. It didn't really look like bumblefoot. Um, but that one, we ended up going the acetaminophen route. And it took longer to get rid of, but it did go away. Um, thank God, because it just, it looked like it was going to burst. It can be quite disgusting to look at. <laughs> oh my gosh, I bet. Well, and one of the reasons why you want to check for Bumblefoot every now and then, or at least check the bottom of your chicken's feet when they're limping, um, is because left untreated, Bumblefoot can be fatal because the infection can spread into the rest of their foot tissue or even into the bones. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when a serious case has healed, the foot or toes might have a scar or an abnormal appearance or your chicken might limp for life because of the amount of tissue that was damaged by it. So Bumblefoot really is something that you have to take seriously. I'm not saying that you have to check your chicken's feet every night because like, I only have eight chickens and I still don't do that. Um, but if you see an abnormality on their foot, you want to start digging into it. Well, not like, you know, literally digging into it, but you know, well, doing some research. <laughs> it kind of depends on whether or not it's bumblefoot. <laughs> we'll get into that. I keep jumping ahead of myself. Um, so that you can see if it's something that you need to treat, um, because bumblefoot can get really serious real fast. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, now I think we can start talking about treatment though, right? <laughs> Oh, yeah, for sure. Now we've explained what it is. (laughs) Yeah. So I've had chickens. We've we've gone a few different routes and I think I've mentioned it before, but we haven't done like a deep dive um, on the podcast. So I've tried cutting it out before, which involves soaking an Epsom salt for 15 to 20 minutes And then, you know, using like a razor and tweezers and anything else. Um, Some people use like legit surgical scalpels. Um, It helps if you have one person hold the chicken and another person do the surgery. But I've never like truly felt successful in the surgery because 
I'm just kind of squeamish and like I have to remind myself like don't lock your knees don't lock your knees breathe through your nose like, breathe. the last thing you need to do is pass out while Ex- you're holding a scalpel right exactly <laughs> um and it can be bloody and the chicken's mad and then you know you're in there prodding around um so I don't call it like super successful, but what you can do when you open it is, you know, take that scab off. And sometimes you're lucky enough that some of the infection comes out with it. Um, sometimes you do have to dig around and squeeze and like give it hell and it's not pretty, but you do want to try to get it out there, out of there, or at least as much as possible. And what you can do is take um, Neosporin that doesn't have the pain reliever in it. That's very important for some reason. Um, you just want the plain neosporin and you can pack that in there and wrap their foot. Um, we usually do a spray of vetricin too, and that tends to help. And then I know I've mentioned it before. Oh crap. What's it called? There's a local place where I get, um, some tinctures from. And one oh, of them is, yes. oh, it's like harvest moon, moon. moonlight, my moonlight magic. No, tinctures. no moonlight herbs we'll we'll link it in the show notes we'll find it and link it <laughs> but she's local to me um and she does super fast shipping but you can give that orally as well um and there's no egg withdrawal with that which is really nice uh like i said before too we went the acetaminophen route for cosmo one of our polish chickens um, we put it in the water for seven days i had her separated and because she's only um well we only have two white egg layers so with that, you have the seven-day withdrawal of her taking it on top of an extra 21 days for it to work out of the system. Um, so I just threw away the white eggs for like a month, <laughs> which was a little sad, but I had her separated for the seven days that she was drinking the water. Um, and I put one of our roosters in there too to like keep her company um, so she wouldn't be too upset. So he got it too, which I'm sure that's controversial on some level, but whatever. He's a bantam. We're not trying to eat him. Um, but I didn't want to be lonely. So we did it that way. There are also tablets you can give them. Um, I'm sure you can dissolve them down and give them to him. But that is an option. Hers was so bad that um, I didn't feel comfortable trying to cut it open. Uh, so that's why we tried that way. Um, but I've also seen recently a lot of people trying to, uh, use drawing selves. So I mentioned that to Bev and another friend of mine who has Bumblefoot right now in her flock. So I'm curious to know how that's working for you. So we discovered the Bumblefoot last Sunday, uh, when I was putting the chickens away, Honey Shaker was limping and I turned her over and I, we snapped a picture of it right away and I sent it to Sam and I was like, is this Bumblefoot? Like it was this like crusty, disgusting, like hole in the bottom of her foot. And Sam was like, yeah, (laughs) that was gross. (laughs) I mean, and it's a super big scab. So she had had it for a long time. And like I said, she's the chicken that jumps down like from all the way from the roof of the coop every day down to the floor so I'm not super surprised that she was going to end up with it so what we did um, was we just disinfected it with well I washed it first with soap and water and then we disinfected it with the vetricin and then we put a big old dollop of draw salve on it covered it with gauze and then wrapped her foot up like a boxer and at that time I didn't (laughs) think to check her other foot I just I saw the one uh, because that was the one that she was limping on and we treated it and what I did was I left it on for three days 
And then I checked it again. And when I checked it on day number three was when I discovered that she had bumblefoot in the other foot. It's not nearly as bad. There's no scab. It's just red and swollen. So I was like, well, all right. So now that we've established that she has it in both feet, I went ahead and did an Epsom salt soak on it. And then I tested Mm -hmm. her scab with my fingernail to see if the draw salve had loosened it up again or loosened it up enough to pull it off. And it hadn't. So we re-disinfected both feet with vetricin wrapped with the gauze re-wrapped in the vet wrap like boxer hands and then let her Mm -hmm. go again and then on friday we checked her again so that was two more days i opened up her feet um the one that didn't have the scab on it the swelling is starting to go down so i just disinfected it put more draw salve on it and re-wrapped it the other one the scab lifted when i stuck my fingernail under it So I used my fingernails and I just slowly pulled out every piece of the scab that I could. And it only bled a little bit um, because one of the reasons why I was afraid to get in there with a sharp tool or a scalpel was I can't tell the difference between infected tissue and good tissue. And Mm -hmm. I didn't want to cut good tissue out of her foot. So I thought that my fingernail was the best tool to use because I can be a little more precise with it and I'm not you know, it's not super sharp. So if I'm wiggling on something and it's not coming loose, it's just not coming out. That has to stay for now. But I did manage to get almost all of the infection out. And the cheesy gunk that they talk about, that is Mm -hmm. the infection part, a lot of that came out on the bottom of the scab. So she had a big hole in her foot and a little remnant of scab on the outside, but the middle was totally empty. And I'm the worst Instagrammer and podcaster and blogger ever. I didn't take a picture of it (laughs) because I was just so focused on getting it done because so it like shit got real when we were trying to pull the scab out. Um, Mm -hmm. The blogs will tell you that, yes, the chickens are feeling pain, but they aren't going to act like it. Oh, she was shaking. She was shaking so hard. My husband had her. What we did was we wrapped her in a towel but Mm -hmm. left her head out because the towel kept her wings pressed up against her body. Yeah. And her head was out and my husband was just stroking her head and talking to her while I was, (laughs) while I was, sorry, Um, was just stroking her head and talking to her while I was pulling the kernels out and she just like would not stop shaking. So I got as much of it as I could. I um, rewashed the wound with just water and then I sprayed it with vetricin repacked it full of draw salve just in case there was more infection I figured the draw salve could help get it out right um plus you know like the draw salve that I got it's uh, made by the Amish so it's full filled with like lavender oil and comfrey and things that are just like good for skin regeneration to begin with so I figured it was pretty harmless to stick inside the wound it wasn't gonna make it any worse Right. And I rewrapped her foot. Um, and that was Friday. Today is Sunday when we're recording, and I haven't gotten back out there to look at it. So sometime tonight, we'll we'll pull her down when she roosts, and my husband and I will re- retreat and rewrap and then put her back up on the roost. Um, we figure that'll be the least, uh, <laughs> the least traumatic to her. Yeah. Because I'll tell you the story of when I went to put her away, because I posted it on Instagram, because <laughs> yeah, it was just that. like such a terrible time. <laughs> I'll tell that after we're done talking about Bumblefoot, though, so that I don't confuse the, like, funny, hilarious stuff with, like, the serious things that we're trying to learn. (laughs) Yeah, and I will say, like, chickens, oh, gosh, they're so much easier to deal with Bumblefoot than ducks are because we've had uh, our, our, one of our male Pekins, Reginald, he had it in his foot. 
He actually had them both feet, but one foot was so bad. And he lived in a dog crate in the house for a while because it was winter time. So it was really hard to soak his foot and then take him back outside. Like I felt bad. He probably would have been fine, but he was just living inside like on puppy pads and a towel and um, he had a big bowl of water, which was always stocked with grublies. So I made sure he was drinking water because you can also put apple cider vinegar in their water. And that can help with that as well. Um, which with chickens, as long as it's not super hot out, apple cider vinegar once in a while in their water is perfectly fine too. Um, it's and if your really water isn't metal, it cannot be a metal water. It has to be plastic. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, so many things to worry about. Is it hot enough? Is my water metal? <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, ducks are just a little harder to treat because they they're wrapping their feet is more difficult. Um, obviously, with the chickens, they have the toes and there's no webbing, so that's a little easier. Wrapping a duck foot, you do kind of have to um, kind of I don't know how to like, like make them a boot, squish it. Yeah, you got to squish it a little bit. I tried doing like the cardboard thing so it was like flat and that was just a disaster and he hated it and it didn't work. Again, it's one of those things you see in the blogs and you're like, I can do that. And then, no, you can't. Or it, it probably takes some practice. Um, but I would just wrap it and just change it every day with him. We went the surgical route with him. Um which ducks are way stronger than chickens with their wings. So he, mm-hmm. and, and he felt it because he would try to bite us too. Yeah. Um, which being bit by a duck is a little more intense than by a chicken too. So just for your own future reference, ducks are going to be way more of a pain in the butt about it than chickens are. Um, but they're, it's just because they're in pain. Um, and they're scared too. Even if it's not that they're in pain, they're very scared because, you know, you're poking around with their foot and you're holding them in a towel. So just keep that in mind when you're um, trying to do this. But I'm definitely going to pick up some drawing self um, because that sounds far less traumatic. And, you know, if it's something that you're, you are able to catch um, early enough, that sounds like a good option to me. Because the surgical route can create more problems, too, if you really don't know what you're doing. So I'm going to try that route next time, along with that uh, mile. Is it milestone moonlight? I don't remember, guys. I feel so bad. The tincture. <laughs> I'm up. The tinc- tincture. Yeah, I always say that right, wrong. It's like a magical potion for Bumblefoot. There we go. We'll just call it that. I picked up some of our, um, um, her sauerkraut one is really good, too, and that's a lifesaver. So I highly recommend that one as well. I wish I could remember the episode where we talked about them. Um, it was one of the early ones. Yeah. Um, but I know some people bought it after that episode um, because uh, Elder Oaks Farm messaged me and let me know that she had used the Bumblefoot tincture um, a couple of times. But oh, she good. said she would feel better if she had something to put on the actual wound. So that she and I chatted about draw salve. So that's... Um, I think I'm going to order some of that tincture to have on hands for next time. But actually, Bumblefoot takes weeks to treat. Yeah. Um, so even if I order it now, I'm still going to be treating uh, Honey Shakers Bumblefoot regardless when it arrives. So it's not too late. It's Moonlight Mile Herbs. There we go. Com. Boom. I found it. Yeah. Um, I got some of their dewormer, too. I haven't tried it yet. Um. 
for because we haven't had any problems right now. But I have it on hand now, so I don't have to worry about ordering it and waiting for it. So it's all natural stuff, and I'm a fan. So check her out. Well, it's definitely not hurting. Um, mm-hmm. You know, my um, like my thought is that uh, prevention is key. So if you can use like all of the right, you know, like you know, good clean coop practices, um, you know, good animal husbandry, give them the preventative stuff first. Then if that doesn't work, then you start doing the more serious interventions like that. Even with the draw salve on the bottom of the bumblefoot, I don't think that was ever Mm going to come out on its own. That was going to require some sort of intervention on our part. Um, I just tried to pick the intervention that I thought was going to be the least traumatic for everybody. Um, but, you know, there's no getting around the fact that um, you're going to have to take it out yes. eventually. Yes. It's just how easy it comes out. And I'll keep everybody updated on how it goes. It's only been a week, so we're still not done treating it, unfortunately. So next week there will be a follow-up on it on how it's going and probably even into the week after that. So we're not veterinarians, obviously. <clears throat> we probably should have started this section by saying that. <laughs> Yeah. So our I advice think we is should only know by now. But we might right? have some new people. <laughs> we couldn't pronounce any of the like actual clinical terms properly. Yeah. So hopefully that was their clue. <laughs> <laughs> but this is just like our real experience with dealing with Bumblefoot. So we'll keep you apprised on on what ends up happening with that. Yes. But um I could tell that Honey Shaker was super unhappy with what we had done to try to treat her bumblefoot because when I went to go put her back on Friday, I was walking her out and it had been like kind of a long day to begin with. And uh-huh. I had her wrapped in a towel. She started fighting me and pecking at me and then she crapped all over me. And I was dressed to go to the football game because it was a home football game on Friday. I was like, dang it, Honey Shaker. So I dropped her like out of surprise because suddenly yeah. like she must have like saved it all because it was like a ton, like all over my shirt and my pants and it linked into my boots. <laughs> and I was like, uh-huh. oh. I'm like, oh, well, I had the towel still. So I was like, well, I'll just catch her and I'll put her back in the in the coop. She would not let me catch her. So I was like, oh. well, I'll just go over to the coop and open the door and try to like, you know, shoo her in or, you know, like coax her to go in because she wanted yeah. to be back with her flock mates. I opened the door and she started to act like she was going to go into it. And then she darted under it instead and like oh. ran around. So I went to go try to catch her and all the other chickens got out. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so then I'm standing there covered in chicken poop like Super frustrated because it's late in the afternoon. All of the chickens are out. I don't have any treats on me. And I'm just like, I give up. This is the hardest thing ever. Forget it. The chickens are free ranging now. I don't want to do this anymore. And I went inside. Aww. I was like, Jared, the chickens are out. It's your job to put them away. <laughs> Help me. Like, what did I do? He's like, what do you mean the chickens are out? I'm like, honey, should I let the chickens out? I can't get them to go in. I'm covered in chicken poop. I'm going to go change my clothes. <laughs> He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I mean, that's what he gets for asking. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I felt super bad, though. My patients were like at a zero. Plus, I was feeling a little guilty about, uh, you know, honey shakers bleeding and shaking. Yeah. And- I've done that with the goats before where I just start yelling at them. Because they're just being goats. It's usually when I have to take care of them myself. 
for whatever reason and they're like trying to get out or they're jumping on me and I'm trying to like get the hay in and so just be like just freaking stop already and they just look at you like what's your problem (laughs) why are you yelling at us it can be so frustrating sometimes (laughs) right Oh, speaking of goats, so you had your first goat hoof trimming uh, expedition, I saw. Oh, yeah, we did. That was what we did for Sunday Fun Day. We ended up not building, (laughs) (laughs) we ended up not building uh, garden beds. We hoisted the kayaks up in the rafters of the barn so that we had room for hay for the winter. Mm -hmm. And then I learned how to pull the tractor in and out of the barn so that we could move it when we needed to. And we thought it would be wise to trim the goat's hooves. (laughs) Yeah, I guess it's probably about that time for them too, right? Oh, yeah. It was super overdue. My goats are about six months old. um, Mm -hmm. And I probably should have started doing it when they were like two or three months old. I think I let it go a little too long this first time. Um, But luckily, like there's no permanent damage from it. It's just that um, you could tell that their hooves were overgrown because the very front of their hooves had kind of started coming to a point and sort Mm -hmm. of um, sticking up just a little bit, sort of like elf shoes, I guess, for lack of a better way to describe it. And then on the bottom, uh, the part of the hoof that had grown had started curling in um, Mm -hmm. underneath and sort of just like cracking a little bit. Um, But there was no no indication that like any like real damage or anything had been done. They were just they're kind of like fingernails that get too long. Yeah, they start to kind of crack, get gunk stuck in them and get kind of nasty. If you let that go on too long, it can be pretty serious for a goat. Um, Goat's Mm -hmm. hooves absolutely have to be trimmed on a regular basis um, because they can end up with hoof rot from um, all of that extra hoof material trapping, um, you know, like all the nasty stuff that they walk in in their pasture. And that can kind of fester in their hooves and cause an infection. And that can uh, cause a goat to never walk normally again or like, you know, have to have a leg amputated if it gets to be a really serious infection. So if you're going to have goats, unfortunately, you're going to have to be okay with the idea of trimming their hooves, (laughs) which can be kind of traumatic for both you and them. The first couple of times you do it because it's a little hard. They don't care for standing still or having you hold their feet or having you bring sharp objects near them. Yeah. It's funny because I saw the way that you do it and it's completely different from how we do it. But I think a lot of people do it like the way you guys do, like with them standing up, usually in a milk stand I've seen it done. Yeah. Um, And in fact, we're going to build a milk stand because it took four adults to do it. (laughs) this time usually I'm the one holding the goat like setting them on my lap like we're cuddling and then my husband will you will do like one foot at a time some of them like Diana and Cal are super good about just sitting there and like chewing their cud and getting attention and they'll just let them do it but like Biscuit Maya and Loki it it just depends on their mood and then it's like an arm workout because I'm holding them and trying to keep them from jerking around too much Yeah. So, yeah. But I could see, like, if you were just letting them stand, how you would need, like, almost one person per leg. (laughs) Yep. That's exactly what we did. (laughs) Which is probably even more confusing to the goat because they're like, what the hell is happening? They're like, why are all of these adults holding us down? Well, and what we did, too. So something else about the way that we ended up trimming our goat's hooves is I'm limited right now. Like, I can't actually pick up my goats or do anything because of my back. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't be sitting on the ground doing it and I can't be crouching or bending over anything. So we did it in their pasture on top of their stool because they mm-hmm. were up at my height while we did it. And in fact, yeah, the one picture that I posted of hoof of a uh, Coop's hoof facing me while I did it, that actually wasn't the way that I did it for most of them. Coop was standing really nicely like that. So I just picked his feet up forward and did it. Um, most of the time though, I bent their foot backwards. Like, um, how do I describe this on a podcast? You know, like I kind of put their feet behind them so that I was working with their hoof pointing up towards the sky from the mm-hmm. back and then I was over top of it just shearing flats like the way that yeah. I did coops was kind of vertical because he sort of had his front leg lifted forward vertically this stuff is impossible to describe on a podcast you guys have no idea what I'm talking about <laughs> <laughs> like swinging my arms around trying to show how the goat's moving their arms I don't know. It made a lot of sense to me, but I've Did also it? done okay, it before. <laughs> so I know what you're talking about because we kind of do that, but like they're laying down. Yeah. And well, we tried the standing thing before and with just two people, it can be challenging. Well, in um, like May, she laid down. Um, so what we actually did for some of them, the first couple of hooves that I did, because it was like, all right, we got 20 hooves. We're just going to do this one hoof at a time rather than trying to do one goat at a time. We were just whoever was standing still and let us do it. I'd do one hoof and then we'd let them go. And then we'd go back and work around like, you know, whoever was willing to let us hold them for a minute to get one hoof done. We figured out after about five hooves that maybe they would stay still if we went and got a grain dish. So I actually filled it most of the way with alfalfa and just sprinkled some a little bit of grain layers in them because they're babies. So they don't really need that much grain. So I don't want to like overload their grain system, but I knew that the grain would hold their attention. Um, And it did. Um, Almost all of them were willing to put their face in the in the grain dish and let me finish. Yeah. Once we figured that out. So there you go. That's a good tip. If you don't have a milk stand and you don't have a ton of adults to hold your goat down, they'll stand still for grain. Yeah. Sometimes I put like I get the licorice or banana treats from uh, Tractor Supply. Free shout out for Tractor Supply. Um, and I have those in my pocket and I'll give them a few, like every couple of seconds or every couple of minutes, depending on how spastic they're being. And that definitely helps quite a bit. Um, we also learned the hard way too, that, uh, we have to separate them like one at a time to do it. Uh, so what we do is like one of us will go in the barn we'll push one out into the pasture area and put the door down. (laughs) (laughs) And then we have to like rotate them in and out like that. Otherwise the other ones are like jumping on us or trying to see what we're doing, um, which is a disaster, especially when you have sharp object in your hand. So yeah, (laughs) yeah, I can totally see that. If we had been able to do that, I think we probably would have tried to separate them. Um, But my goats are super dramatic when they're not all together. Like they immediately realize when somebody is missing and everyone will just start screaming their heads off. Oh, my God. It's the weirdest thing ever. Well, I guess it's really not that weird. I mean, they're herd animals. So, I mean, they've all grown up together. So they're like sounding the alarm looking for who's missing. And your setup is like completely different from mine too. So it just really depends on it's again, it's like one of those things where people have to find what works for them and just do that. Like we oh, can yeah. give people examples, but every flock's different, every setup's different. And it took us quite a few times of figuring out what was gonna work with us for us, especially after adding a couple more goats to the herd, because that just changes the dynamic completely. Oh, yeah. I mean, and I'd say that we spent a good 
I don't know, it was four of us. It probably took us a good hour or an hour and a half to get them totally trimmed. So, like, it oh, wasn't, wow. like, yeah. a joke of a time investment to get it all done, which is probably why I had been putting it off. Like, there's so many things that we're trying to do around here, and, you know, with all my issues with my back and stuff, I didn't want to introduce mm-hmm. something new that I needed to worry about. Um, but trimming the hooves was surprisingly easy. Um, you just look for the areas that appear to be overgrown. Um, any of the any of the actual hoof material that appears to be a little cracked or curling, all of that has to go until it's flat. Um, The pad on the bottom of the foot, all of that is just um, like cartilage growth. All of that needs to be trimmed so that their foot is flat. Some people file the goat's hooves so that they're totally and completely flat, but I I didn't feel the need to do that. They didn't look like they were too rough or too uneven, so I just left them. And I used Mm -hmm. the tips of the shears to clean out any... Um, any pasture that had been stuck, you know, inside any of the grooves and whatnot of the hooves, just so that there wasn't stuff sitting in there rotting. Right. Yeah. It's one of those things that is kind of difficult to explain, but (laughs) once you do it, it, you realize it's not that bad. It's just more time consuming than anything else. Yeah. Because this was the first time I was being pretty conservative with my cutting, just like taking a little bit at a time. Um, But after I was about halfway through, I was like, wait, there's a lot of this that needs to go. So I started getting bigger chunks at a time. And in fact, I kept um, I have a bottle of the blood stop powder inside my goat first aid kit. So I had that nearby so that if I cut too deep, I would throw the blood stop powder on it and then I would disinfect and wrap the hoof to keep, you know, a staph infection from getting in their foot essentially and then that's how I would have treated it if I had cut too deep but thankfully I didn't Um, another option if you don't have any blood stop powder on you is cornstarch that can always go inside your first aid kit as well yeah good stuff but goats are super dramatic and they don't like it when you hold on to their feet (laughs) yeah that's true they're super dramatic about everything (laughs) Mm -hmm. my neighbor got a really great video and it's posted inside the group um that was Darby (laughs) did you see it yeah so cute my neighbor Nate you know the one that you said you'd like and get along with really well he was the one that was yelling along with her when she started (laughs) screaming (laughs) if you can't beat him so if anybody wants to see what it looked like the first time I trimmed a goat's hooves that video is in the Facebook group yeah (laughs) well that's all I got for this week yeah I I think I'm on the same page with you I don't have anything else well, good. So, this yeah. was a nice, like, we're getting into an episode groove. It's episode 30, so I'm not super surprised by that. No, yeah, we're 30, and, you know, as you've written here, 30 is the new 20, so we're still a pretty young podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't know if I want to go backwards in podcast numbers, because then it makes us no. a little less experienced, but yeah. I don't know. I thought it was funny and catchy. Yeah, I mean, 30 plus a few minisodes, and I'm excited for the one that we recorded today to drop um, with Farm to Table Mama. I can't wait for you guys to hear that. If it's before this or after this, I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah, it just kind of depends on when I can get things uh, edited, so we'll see. Um, If it doesn't drop before this episode, then you'll probably see it Wednesday coming up. Yeah, either way, it's good stuff, and I'm excited to have around for future episodes as we continue that saga, and you guys will learn more about that when you get to listen to it. That's right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. We always have a blast.
this was fun. And, you know, just to remind you where we drink and we farm things. And I'm Sam. And I'm Bev. Yeah. And make sure you follow us over on Instagram at Drink and Farm. We like to check out your guys' posts when you use hashtag Drink and Farm. And me and Bev will pick two photos a week to, uh, to what's the word? Feature. <laughs> Feature is <laughs> a good word. Yeah. On our Instagram. So people can see how you drink and farm safely. Um, and we pick randomly. It could be from weeks ago. It could be from that week. So there are really no rules other than just please be safe. That's right. So drink. Farm. And, and give, give zero, zero clucks. clucks. Bye, guys. Bye. Oops, I hit the wrong button. <laughs>